you know, um, I I feel as if we are early. Like I I don't I don't know if that's just me, Andrew. Like like literally, like six o'clock just came up on me like super fast, and I don't even know how that happened. Like I can't I can't even believe that the week is over. Like that's 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 how Bro. fast times. Yeah, it's going crazy. I don't I don't know. No, no, no I I hear you, man. And this weather has been. Can you guys great. hear me? Yeah, yes, we, we can. Yes, we can. Right. Yeah. Sorry about those technical difficulties, guys. No worries, man. No worries. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows. You're, you're on. You're good. Okay? <laughs> we, we can, we can see that Liverpool thing in the back. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got my heater on right here in the background. This little baby, uh, Lasco heater on top of the table. This room gets so cold, man. Hey, hey and I, and I know you're wearing a sweater. You know, I got the keep con shirt because. Uh, you know how you say this uh, the uh, asceticism at its finest right here oh wow i get i guess so hey um <laughs> no well look i mean it's weather has been crazy uh for those watching right now if anybody is watching us right now or, you know you log on later on uh let us know how the weather has been in your area but allow me to say that the weather was so crazy last night i'm in the middle of a class oh, man. and all of a sudden everything just shut down on me but i had my computer on like a battery pack and so like my screen was on, but everything else turned off. I'm like, what, what just happened? The wind was how I felt like my, you know, like a wizard of Oz style, bro. You know, it was just, Hey, hey bro, you, you know how windy a guy got so windy. I had to go outside and I, I had to put down the portable uh, basketball court. I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. Bro, it was getting pretty bad. <laughs> that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. But anyways, uh, guys, uh, happy Sabbath to, uh, happy Sabbath, to, guys. to you, Jason. And uh, and Andrew, <clears throat> today we don't have Martin on, you know, so for those who will be watching later on, uh, just know that uh, we're, we're missing one part of our crew here. Uh, it, it, he was not trying to avoid the topic. I, I know that for a fact. Uh, actually, I'm not sure about that, but I'm going to assume that he didn't want to avoid the topic. <laughs> he didn't want to um, avoid it. Hey, hey, we have uh, on, only three viewers and no happy Sabbath. Oh, wait, we uh, got one right there. Well, is that there a happy Sabbath? See, Jordy, Jordy Ramirez says it snowed at his school this Monday in scottsdale arizona see that's, wow. that's look i don't i don't understand what's going on i thought we were almost out of winter like that's what i thought i thought we were almost out of winter i'm like okay it was cool it wasn't too bad and then this happened this is this so you know it's uh it's, yeah it's, I, I was saying we, we have uh, only three viewers but i said i feel like we're getting worse and worse at promoting our own stuff <laughs> people probably probably people didn't get the memo maybe but here you go look there's a happy sabbath right there all right uh here we you, go. you gotta have yeah, you got a happy Sabbath. Oh, dude, oh, that's okay. Angie's Angie's do, doing a happy Sabbath as well. You there see we that? go. So, or we're you know it, it is what it is. Anyways, Jordy, we welcome you. Angie, welcome you. And anybody else who's going to be watching later on, we welcome you as well. Uh, we are we are back. And again, uh, just for those of you, especially if, if you're going to log in later on, um, it is important that everyone knows that we are going to be doing this every other week, right? So mm -hmm. every other week we're going to be uh, jumping into these. And, you know, we're still experimenting with the time because right now we're starting at 6 p.m. It's possible that we got to push it a little further back now, um, you know, but, but we'll figure all of that out, you know. But uh, just remember, you know, keep an eye on the Instagram account and uh, the YouTube. Get the notification when we are live and, you know, watch it later. It doesn't matter. And also we're, we're, we're going to try something a little bit different. We, we uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this. The, today's topic is the are you was it? Are you even saved? Right. Are you even saved? And are you even saved? Mm -hmm. And uh, I know we've been talking about this, but we want to make something where a schedule where we can have something a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if you could say lay back, 
and then on another on the on the on the next Friday have something a little bit more uh, how would you say it uh, doctrinal or doctrinally based I, I don't know something like that something that goes a little deeper I don't know you were trying to make it something very strictly biblical and something very practical Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, that's right. That, that's that, what it was. I think that's yeah, yeah, what it correct. was. I think that's what that's, the that's correct. Trying to do. So, so today, you know what? Today, it, you know what? But it, it's, it, I find this interesting though, because today we are going to dive into Bible. We are going to dive into theology, right? But it's a bit of both. Uh, but yeah, but there's there's still a practical side to it for sure. Um, I I also want to say that I I think we have an, a challenge in that we sometimes look for the things that are like cool or awesome or whatever right but sometimes the most important things in scripture are the ones we don't look for and personally i don't know maybe i'm wrong here but i believe that this topic is the most important topic in all of the bible i don't think there's a more important topic than salvation i, I may be uh, overstating it but that, that's that's just what i think it is and so uh, if you are watching us, we got Jesse with the happy Sabbath, by the way. So uh, welcome uh, to uh, Jesse, by the way, she had, she had been feeling sick for, you know, for some time her family had been really sick as well, but uh, they're all getting a lot better. So we're, oh, we're really happy about that. Uh, you know, she's normally the first one on Be we forgive you today. We forgive you today, Jessica. No, no big deal. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, so we're, we're going to jump into this topic. Um, and, and I think that, it's going to be something fruitful. I think it's going to be something important. In fact, I think we may even argue on this topic because it is so important. All right. And at the end, you know, we hope that, uh, that all of you are going to be blessed. But anyways, I, I've, yeah. I've been getting a lot of criticism too. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best on this one to not mention an Ellen White quote. Did you guys oh, hear wow, that? Bro, this, Did you guys bro, hear that? Did you guys one, hear that? This is the one where you're supposed to drop them. Hey, bro. I'm, a, I'm them, going to do my best. You should drop them. Hey, bro, I am going to do my best. Hey, if hey, if the spirit, if the spirit leads me, then I'm going to say I'm not going to hold back truth, but I am going to do my best this time too. because, hey, I've, I've been getting flack everywhere. So, you know, let, let, let's yeah. see how we do. Yeah, now, yeah now no, you I know can. how I feel with the what would Jesus do? What, what, what would Jesus do? Well, <laughs> as long as you're as long as your sister doesn't bring that up, we should be fine. Right? The one that keeps reminding. Uh, anyways. Um, so, well, look, let's jump into this. Uh, cause I'm honestly, I'm excited about this topic. I don't, I don't even know what's going to happen with all this, but I think we got some interesting points that are going to be a blessing for everyone. Um, uh, when, when, when you listen to this. So, um, Andrew, you mind leading us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's, uh, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and heavenly father, Lord, at this time we come before you, Lord, asking that, uh, your spirit may be upon us, Lord, uh, as uh, we're going live in our conversation, Lord, um, we ask that you would also feel, uh, fill our hearers with your spirit, Lord, as we uh, get diving into what we believe could be the most important conversation that we can have uh, when we're talking about salvation uh, of souls, Lord. And uh, at this time, I just want to ask that uh, all of us would be hidden behind you, Lord, that you would be the one speaking through us uh, in this discussion, Lord, and that we may really uh, just stimulate thoughts and uh, questions and Lord, you know, we don't have all the answers, Lord, but uh, I think that this is a, a, an excellent topic, Lord, to, um, to, uh, to get on, Lord. And uh, at this time, I just want to ask that you would uh, be with all those that are not uh, with us, Lord, and that this, um, this topic today would be a blessing to everyone that would hear. I ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. All right. Well, so again, we want to welcome everybody that is joining us right now. And uh, we hope that uh, that you will be blessed that wherever you're at, you're safe. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're blessed by God. You're protected by God because there's so many crazy things going on right now. But we want to jump into this. Um, and, and as a matter of introduction, I think this is an extremely important topic uh, in in Adventism in particular, because I do believe that there are some misunderstandings when it comes to salvation, but more specifically, the assurance of salvation, right? By the way, the title of today's conversation is, but are you saved? I was going to say, but are you saved, bro? But, you know, we got to be ge- gender neutral there. Gender just neutral. Sure <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. And you got to be uh, gen- generational neutral, too, because I don't that's know awesome. how the, the boomers will take that, you know? That's a, a you know what? I, re- I refuse to use the word boomer on on these conversations, but I hear you. I hear you. What is it? Uh, is it Gen, gen Z? I guess with bro, you know, I guess yeah, technically I'd, all three of us would be boomers. W- would we? I don't, you know what? All, all I know is that recently I got called old. And that was a revelation to me. And my life has changed since that day. Don't tell like, me it was I, one of your kids. No, it was not one. No, no thank God. Hey, it's not hey, one of my kids. All I got to say is if they drop OK Boomer on you, you already know. It's over. It's over. I got you. I got <laughs> and you. they but dropped it, that on me. So, yeah. So, so, so check this out, right? A recent survey, a recent survey uh, speaking about this topic of salvation, of being confident that you are saved. In Adventist, in Adventist, and I'm assuming this may differ among denominations, but specifically in Adventist, it said that less than 70% of Adventists worldwide have confident assurance of present salvation. Let me translate that. In other words, that means that less than 70, almost 70% of Adventists believe that they're not sure if they are saved at the moment or not. Oh, that's wow. that's Adventism. Yeah, it's a huge number, okay? And I think the survey was done in like 2014 or 2016. And then if we go even a few years back, Value Genesis was this massive survey that was done among young people. And this is absolutely crazy. I just want to read these stats to you guys. And, um, uh, and by the way, uh, Ivan is saying- I okay, saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming, I mean- Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he was directing that to Jason. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, so yeah, so check this out, right? They surveyed 12,000 Seventh-day Adventist young people, 12,000 of them, 12,000. And they found that 81% of them believed that they must live by God's rules in order to be saved. All right. Uh, and it also showed that 28%, only 20, so one in four, basically, agree that there is nothing I can do to earn salvation. 62% indicated that the way to be accepted by God is to try sincerely to live a good life. Think about that, right? God will only accept me if I'm living a good life. And 44% believe that the main emphasis of the gospel is on God's rules for right living. Not Jesus, not the cross, but the rules. I don't know, man. That blew my mind. And all of a sudden I started thinking about that. And I said, that's absolutely crazy, right? And so it shows you, I think, that this topic is, is a little complicated, at least from an Adventist perspective. We yeah. may not understand it well. I did not. Where, where did I did not know those those stats? That's it's kind of to be honest. If we really look at it, it's kind of scary that within our own church, those those thoughts are really believed, and not not, not just like a ten percent. They're all high percentages. Yeah, yeah. It's and, it's. And- and I, I, I would even add, you know, if you think about it, you can almost understand why people would think that, especially when uh, what was the last one that you said? 
you know, that the main, the main emphasis of the gospel is on God's rules for right living. No, 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 no. The one before oh. that, the one before that. Oh, that, that, uh, that they said that the only way they can be accepted by God is by living a good life. Other than that, God would not accept. Uh, you. Uh, you said something about sincere, no genuine, sincere to yeah. try sincerely to live a good life. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I can see how someone sees that, you know, and, and, you know, um, I, I, I get it. I get where they're coming from when I see some of these things. Yeah, it's uh, look, I, I grew up in, in, in kind of this mentality as well. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's just something that I would think of. Like, am I really sure? And, and in fact, let me just add this before we kind of jump into this conversation. There's also like there are these quotes from Ellen White, right, that that have been used so many times. And and in a sense, I don't know, like it, it almost worries you. Right. Um, but for example, the investigative judgment, like that's a big one, right? When, uh, whenever we're talking about how do you know when you're going to be saved? And so there's this quote from Ellen White where she says, look, it's very possible that your name, I'm going to read it to you, says, we know not how soon our names may be taken onto the lips of Christ and our cases be finally decided. And I remember like when I was a kid, man, they used to like hang that over that, that quote, not, I don't think they did it on purpose, but I would always think man, what if my name already passed by? How would I know if I'm saved or not? And I was always living in this in uncertain uh, feeling that maybe I have already been judged and I'm not saved. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. And I think this is why we're having this conversation. For sure, I wish that there were more people on. doesn't matter, though. If you are on, share this conversation because I think, especially if you got Adventist friends, they need to hear this. So, so here we go, right? Let's begin, now that we know the stats, now that we know the problem, let's begin with a very, very simple question. <laughs> simple question. All right. And by the way, by the way, before we enter uh, in, into the questions, um, I just want to make sure that anybody who's watching us, let us know. I mean, if you're willing, if you're willing to open up, are you sure of your salvation? Do you feel you're 100% sure that you are saved? Or do you feel that God still has to do something to save you? I don't know. Hey, Let us know. Yeah. Just a just a brief interruption. Sure. I don't know. Can I can I let out a good cough right now? Can sure, I do yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> the saliva went through went wrong, on the wrong side, oh, and oh, I man. said, "Man, everybody's watching. They're probably gonna be like, it sounds like Corona, COVID. Corona, <laughs> COVID. dude. Isn't, isn't that crazy though? How you can't even cough? You're just kind of like, yeah. You know how many oh, yeah. times like I've like I've been at the grocery store and it's like I smell something and it makes me want to cough. I'm like. <laughs> You're like you get like an itchy throat, and you're like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" You're 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 holding it in as much as you can. I know, I feel it. Okay, so here we go. All right, simple question for you guys, and this also for anybody who's watching us. Feel free to put it in the comment. If someone were to come up to you and ask the question, "How can I be saved?" What would you answer? What would you guys answer? Like, if somebody came up to you, a young person, a visitor, whatever it is, and they asked you, "Hey," I want to be saved. How can I be saved? What's the answer to that? You want the simple answer or the, I, the, on, I, the onion peeled back answer? I want the honest answers. How about that? Uh, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just throw this one. Acts 1630. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I believe this is a, he's there speaking to Peter, right? Right. Uh, Paul, so they Paul. said, Oh, Paul, Paul. So they said, yeah. so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Believe on the Lord. That's, he's, that's he's, biblical. He's easy as one, two, three. Yeah, that's that's biblical, by the way, right? And, and if anything, even easier, a, a verse that we all know since we were kids, John three sixteen, right? 
it takes you right to it. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. But Uh-oh. it's not wait, just wait. There's a wait. but. To me, to wait. me, there's a wow. but. Okay. Okay. It's not just believing in Jesus, because just we could break it down. I could believe that I am back to sports because I'm really into sports. I could believe I'm a soccer player, but am I really a soccer player if I don't play? Mm. Okay. If I don't have that experience, am I really a soccer player? I and I think that goes that ties really well with Christianity and with believing in Jesus. Okay, fine. Salvation, believe in Jesus. But there's an there's a there's a key element of experience that we sometimes don't focus on. And a lot of Christians don't sometimes completely miss the point. And they mm. just think, oh, Jesus came to save me. I believe in him. That's it. Like I believe mm. Jesus is real. That's it. So you're okay. uh, you're 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 uh, you're saying believe on the Lord at plus experience. Plus experience. I Plus think experience. those two go together. That so, for me at least. W- would you say experience or would you say works? I would say experience. <laughs> you, notice, <laughs> notice I say that. No, it, it, will, it will lead. It, it could lead. Like there's people that truly believe that it's in the works. And it's like, oh, I can only do this. I can only do that. Um, I have to do this. No, I believe it's a, the experience. And the, to believe in Jesus, to have a, you have to have a relationship with them. And it, it, I think I'm the one okay, that okay. opened the can of worms here, but hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, I think I think, I think you are. I think I think you are. But but I, but here it goes. Okay, so let's let's place a real life scenario for a second. Real mm-hmm. life. This is not hypothetical. Jesus is on the cross. There are two individuals right next to him. Okay, two individuals. How many of them are going to die? All three, right? All, All three. three are going to die, right? None of them are going to come off that cross. Mm-mm. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. There was one that accepted Jesus or what? There was one that did not. The one that did not, we don't care about too much, at least in regard to this conversation. The one that's right next to him that does say, hey, remember me. In other words, I want to be saved, right? I know you're the savior. Remember my name. And Jesus says, look, I'm telling you today that you will be with me. Okay. Did he have a chance to experience? Did he have a chance to work? Because the next thing for him is death. So you mean to tell me he wasn't saved? No, no, no. I, that's where I'm going. That's why, that's why it's not based on works, but it's based on the experience. That moment, even if it would have been five minutes, the experience that he had with Jesus, seeing how Je- how Jesus was, seeing how he was reacting to the treatment that he was getting, seeing all of that, that was his experience. And in those, even if it was five minutes, in those five minutes that he ex- experienced with Jesus, okay, he believed that he was the son of God. Okay. And when he told Jesus, hey, remember me, I feel how I understand it. And like me thinking that it's based on your experience as well. In my understanding right there, he he was asking for forgiveness of his sins, knowing mm-hmm. who Jesus was, having those, like I said, like even those two minutes that he experienced with Jesus, it could have been, it could have been a minute that he experienced all of that, that he was paying attention to all of that. To me, whatever time it was like that experience that he had on the cross, that encounter that he had with Jesus on the cross, that was it. Okay. 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 But so I would just ask, would you, just to clarify what you're saying, Jason, Mm -hmm. are you saying that the experience is what saved him or his belief in Jesus is what saved him? His belief in Jesus is what saved him. 
That okay. experience is what caused that belief in Jesus. Got it. Got it. Okay. 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 Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. Look, I, I I wanted to point to uh, John three sixteen as well, but uh, if you if you remember what happens before John three sixteen, in fact, I'm I'll, I'll start reading from verse fourteen. It's fascinating what happens, right? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. By the way, that's not John 3, 16. That's John 3, 15. 15. And then Jesus repeats it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then in verse 18, two verses down, he says, he who believes in him is not condemned. Right? But he who does not believe is condemned already. So you know what that tells me? If Jesus says it three times, that's got to be the right answer, right? Mm -hmm. At least that's the way I see it. The answer is, how can you be saved? You must believe in Jesus. You must believe in Jesus. Now, can I throw a, a monkey sure, wrench in all, sure. in all this? Well, before before I even throw that monkey wrench, you know, um, what is it? The, the three-step the three phase? For salvation, what is it? The justification, uh -oh. sanctification, sanctification, and the glorification, right? Uh, I, and I said I was going to mention Ellen White quote. I literally did not write a single Ellen White quote. And this one's just off the top of my head. I remember she has a quote where she says, justification is the declaration sure. to heaven. And then sure. she says, she says, sanctification is our fitness for it. Sure, sure. The, the, you know, and, and those two components. And then, of course, you have the glorification. Could it be that that thief on the cross, how would you say, experienced all three at that one point? Uh, I, you know what? I would say he did not experience glorification. Some would argue that, though. I've had actually professors okay, yeah. in seminary argue that. But I, I would say, look, uh, for sure he was justified. But see, the, the, this, is, this is where I would differ. Although sanctification, in her quote, is fitness towards heaven, mm -hmm. You've already been saved, have you not? Sure. So, so the so the issue isn't so much are you getting ready for heaven. The question is when were you saved? Are you saved until you make it to heaven, or are you saved when you believe in exactly. Jesus Christ? Exactly. Right. Anyway, so it's, I mean, I look. I I think I think it's fascinating. I I will say by the way, anybody again, uh, welcome to all those who are joining us. Um, if you have an answer to this question, we want to hear it. Right. If someone came up to you and said. Hey, how can I be saved? What would you answer? Right? What would you what would be your answer? Can I yeah, throw the, the other sure. monkey wrench? Sure. We say, you know, what what can, what will we do to be saved? And of course we have that response, you know, uh, when Paul is speaking to those people, sirs, what what must I do? But we have another uh interesting uh, uh occasion where this the same answer, the same question is and is asked, and uh Jesus from Jesus' own words is answered differently. It says you guys all know this. I think we've talked about this before. It says, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Mm -hmm. Talking about salvation. Sure. So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. But if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. I just want to pause there. I think it's interesting that God is telling God, Jesus is telling is responding to this man. He's saying, what must I do to be saved? And the first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth, it says, if you want to enter into life or if you want to be saved, keep mm. the commandments. Mm. This is an interesting, this is an interesting answer. And I think the more we read, of course, it unfolds more, right? It says, yeah. he yeah. said to him, which ones? 
Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And it says, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right now, I find it interesting that when Jesus telling him the commandments that he should keep, there's one that he not fails to mention, but and then this is this is where my question comes. Did he purposely not mention love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind and your soul? Right. As if to say this was the only area in which he was failing. You know, and, and it makes me think because the, the, he continues to answer and it says, the, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell all that you have to give all what you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then it says, and come follow me. That's interesting that he doesn't mention. He says, what do I do? What must I do to be saved? Jesus says, keep the commandments. He says, I've kept all of them. Right. Mm. And then he does. And then Jesus doesn't mention the one love the Lord, your God. Could it be that this was a given at their time, that mm. this commandment was something that was just a given that everybody knew? Or could it have been that this was the one place that he was lacking following me? You know what? Look, yeah, it's it's see, I, I've read it a little differently. Right. And and this is where the nuances of this conversation come in, because when he begins to say, good teacher, what good things shall I do? The first thing isn't. These are, these are the commandments. The first thing is, why do you call me good? Sure. No one is good. And I think you have to take that statement into consideration, because if you follow the logic of Jesus, the idea is that no one is good. Therefore, no one deserves heaven. Right. Absolutely. No one is good. There's only one that is good. God is good. And because none of us are God, then no one deserves heaven. And and when he goes into the commandments, it's true. You may very well be able to keep all the commandments perfect. You're still a sinner. And so so I because I when, so then what I say is, look, when Jesus tells him, look, earn salvation by your own works. Oh, wait, you can't, though. Because only one is good. God is good. Are you sure you even know what you're asking? But it does lead to that issue of following me. And see, I would say that when we say, what does it mean to believe, right, in Jesus? I think you have to take this conversation into account. And you have to say, believing in Jesus also means following Jesus. Yeah. And then the interesting part is if you continue in the, uh, uh, reading this verse, you know, after the, the disciples are, are astonished that this rich man can't be saved. He says, they say, who then can be saved? Right. But Jesus looked at them and said uh, to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And this right. to me makes me believe, you know, when we think about keeping the commandments totally perfectly, you know, it is impossible from a human standpoint, from our carnal nature to be able to keep all the Ten Commandments. When it says, but with men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I think that is a huge clue into the follow me statement that he's making mm. this, this idea of, of following me, right? With God, these things are possible. And that has to translate to how we see this keeping the commandments, which we're going to get into later and following him. Because in, uh, if you continue, it says, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 th thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Again, we see that word follow me. 
And I, I just want to mention these, uh, I guess, these little catchphrases because we're going to see that these things are uh, things that we will, uh, we, we will see as we continue to build up to this idea, right, of following me, of, of knowing Jesus, of relational, right? Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me add another one in there. Uh, you guys know this example as well. By the way, uh, if, if you're watching us right now, if you're watching us live specifically, uh, I'm asking you the question as well. Let us know. What do you think it means to believe in Jesus? How do you understand that? Because that's kind of what we're trying to boil down to, right? We're trying to figure out exactly what does it mean to believe in Jesus? So, so look at it this way. Uh, Luke chapter 10, you guys know this story where a lawyer comes up to Jesus and he says a very similar question to the rich young ruler. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Right. And Jesus responds, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Which sounds very similar to the conversation he's having with, with the rich young ruler. And, and so the man answers, this is uh, Luke 10, 27. Uh, the lawyer says, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. Now, see, Immediately, I start thinking, oh, you know what? That means that I got to do these things to, uh, to be saved. But if you capture the answer, the very first thing that the man answers is, you shall love the Lord your God. That is the first thing that comes out of the law as he understands it. And Jesus rightly approves of what he's saying. And what does that tell me? That belief in Jesus isn't just only, uh, and Jason, I don't know if you were trying to get into this, Right, This idea that I believe that Jesus existed. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that Jesus was a good man. It's much more than that. It's also to follow Jesus, as we saw in, in the prior verse here. The idea is to love Jesus, to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Mm. See, I think belief in, belief in, belief in God is also loving God accepting his love and allowing his love to produce love back. And that in turn leads us to that second part, which is, oh, and love your neighbor as yourself. The fruit of you loving God is you loving your neighbor, but it begins with loving God. Yeah. Following with that, I was going to bring up John 10, 10, 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they know me mm. and they follow me. The only way you could say I know someone is you spend time with them, mm. right? So obviously, it's not just believing in Jesus; it's spending time with Jesus. That's what that's what that that shows me. Like the only way I'm going to follow Jesus is if I know Him and He knows me. The only the only way to know Jesus is to spend time with Jesus. Yeah, and then obviously it keeps on saying like the rest of the verses. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So there you go. You know, Jesus, you get eternal life. Sure. You sure. believe in Jesus, you get eternal life. You love Jesus, you get eternal life. Yeah. I, I think, I think belief in Jesus contains that whole package. In fact, yeah. I, I, I kind of uh, go ahead, Andrew, go ahead. No, 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 go for it. Go for it. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say that I kind of wrote this whole package. If somebody asked me, what do you have to be saved? I'd say, believe in Jesus. Well, what does that mean? I would say, well, that means, have faith in what God has done. I would say that means believe in the mission of Jesus, right? Believe that he, he did what he needed to do for you on the cross. That means loving God. That means following God. All those things are, are, are included in this, in this big, massive concept that is belief. 
you, you know, it's funny that you were saying that you had wrote all these things down. Like, well, if someone asked you, you know, what, what, what can I do to be saved? Right. It's funny. I, I wish I could I could say, you know what, believe, you know, believe in Jesus. But let's sit down. Let's have a Bible study and then say, hey, Jesus, can I get that script to the road to Emmaus? Let me get that Bible study real quick. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and get that whole script because, you know, it, I find it interesting. And, and just to add how we're unfolding all these different things for, uh, uh, of what does it mean to believe in Jesus? Right. Um, in Ephesians 2, 4, right, where it says um, yes. for that's by good, grace, you have chapter. been saved. That's huh? a good chapter. That's a good chapter, by the way. That's a powerful chapter. Absolutely. And, and, and right here it says for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, I want to pause there because I think it's so interesting how we just stop right here and that's it. We say, okay, we're saved by grace, right? Nothing that we merit ourselves, you know. Sure. Jesus has looked upon us with his, with, with, uh, uh, God has looked upon us with kindness. He sent his son to die for us, right? It says, so through grace, with faith, right? And it says, but then at the end it says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But then it continues to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So in the previous statement, he's saying it's only by grace through uh, with faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. But then he continues to say, but we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. So right. even though we are not saved through our works, it's saying that we in our inner selves are built for good works. This is something that is innate in us, the good works that will come, right, as a result of believing in Jesus, because it's something that was instilled in us, which right, I think right. adds to all this, right? For, for sure, for sure. And, I, and I, think, I think that when you look at it, the statement is clear, as clear as can be. By the way, it's Ephesians 2.8, just in case, because it's, uh, uh, I know you have mentioned 2.4, uh, but it's Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Mm-hmm. That's it, period, right? You can put a period to that, and you know that you have been saved. Like, that's 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 good. By the way, I would, I would even say, you have to ask who does the saving, right? God does the saving. God's grace allows you to be saved. Our job is to believe in that grace, and it is God's job to save. But then when that happens, stuff happens. And I think when you lose that order, as I think we're going to see a little bit later in this conversation, when you lose that order, you get in trouble. You get in huge trouble, and you end up maybe even falling into legalism. So, all right, so so here, okay, fine, right? So I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to ask you guys a super direct question here. Are you guys saved? I have faith that I am. All right. Is, is it, uh, yes. Yes. So yes. I have faith that I am. Okay. Andrew. I have assurance. Oh, nice. Okay. Now, <laughs> fine. Let's use that. Let's use that word carefully. Fine. I, I, I'm going to say, look, I, I believe I am saved. Can you lose that salvation? Oh, definitely. Because I can lose my faith. I can lose my faith. Okay. Tell me more about that. If I lose faith in God, if I lose my faith in God, if I stop not necessarily believing in Jesus, but if I stop spending time with Jesus, if I get distracted by all these 
other things other than what Jesus has for me, I'm going to eventually lose faith. I'm going to, I'm going to lose my love for him. I'm going to stop wanting to spending, to spend time with him. All that is going to cease. And once I get to there, I lost my faith. So why would I go somewhere that I don't like? Why would I spend time with someone that I don't love? Why would Jesus want to spend mm. time with someone that doesn't love him? Okay. Why would I want to go to heaven if I'm going to be unhappy because I don't love God? So to me, if I lose my faith, that to me is losing my salvation. Okay. Fair enough. Andrew, can you lose your salvation? I, I believe that you can. And I, I want to give some uh, some staple Chris, uh, SDA verses, <laughs> if I can, for proof this. Text. Proof text. Some proof text okay. uh, for this. You know, obviously... The opposing view would say is the once saved always saved right and um if, if i if i if you can correct me right that's um falls into the whole calvinist predestination and uh i don't i don't know what are the all the what the five points of calvinism right tulip tulip are the tulip. five yeah. points but we probably shouldn't jump into that right no no now. we're not we're not jumping not into that but I, <laughs> but i i only say that because you know, I want to touch a little bit on this idea of the once saved, always saved, as opposed to what we're talking about. Can we lose our salvation? And I'll just mention some right here. Exodus 32, 31 through 33. Right. We know this. Moses says, then Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot them out of my book. Right. Mm. Uh, speaking here about the the book of life. So right here, it's almost like um, uh, Moses is trying to almost make intercession in some mm. in some sense, right? Which shows right. the true brotherly love that he had, the love that he had for these people. I mean, yeah. for you to say, you know what? Completely remove me, remove my salvation. If this is the case, that that's a huge statement. Right. 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 You know right. I mean. But uh, and, and then God ultimately says, no, you know what? Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot them out of the book. That's kind of like God saying that's not how it works. You know, <laughs> you can't take you can't atone for their sins in, in essence. And him saying, uh, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Right. And uh, uh, I think this is very consistent with um, with scripture. You know, if we think about uh, what's the verse where he says, uh, if anyone wants to be my disciple, what does it say? He must deny himself daily, take up his cross and follow me. Right. This idea that day, it is a daily walk that we have with Jesus, right? That it is possible that we can lose our salvation. And in Revelation 3, 5, it says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Of course, this is something written in Revelation. But the key right. word, it says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white uh, white garments and will not be removed. So this idea that we can be removed from the book of life, but the ones that won't be removed are the ones who overcome. Sure. Right. Sure. Sure. You know, I, with this question, I've always I've always asked myself, what do we know historically in Scripture? Um, and we know that God had a people. And we know that eventually God had to close the book on the people. Now, God gives ample amount of time, like he gives so much time, right, for you to get right. But but is it not true that someone, for example, let's just take 
the high priest of 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 the Jews at the time when Jesus was crucified. Are we meaning to say that because he was of the people of God, that after crucifying Jesus and condemning him falsely, he's still right with God? You understand what I'm saying? Like that, it, it would make no sense whatsoever. Now, the problem is that some people will look at this and say, well, what about God's promise? Is God's promise not everlasting? If he has saved you, doesn't that mean that that goes on forever? Well, right. But there are a couple of things that scripture points to. For example, there's this concept of falling away, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up Hebrew this right here. Well, Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews 6 is one of them for sure, yeah. right? And it, and it talks about the impossibility of that happening, but what it really means if it happens, right? Um, but but this verse to me says something. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, which says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Wait, for you to fall away, that means you have to be, mm. right? For, for, you to, for you to fall away, that means that you at some point had to have been part of. You, we cannot say that, oh, you were never part of it, which is the big challenge that we have with other denominations. By the way, uh, uh, you mentioned Calvinism, right? Yeah. Uh, it, a lot of, lot of denominations or, um, uh, a, a peop- you know, d- d- there are a lot of YouTubers out there as well that believe in this concept of once saved, always saved. Um, and, and I keep thinking that, well, wait a minute, what happens when I do not feed into the relationship? What happens when I say, you know what, Lord, I don't want to do anything with you. I think this is what Jason was trying to get to, right? Uh What, what, what happens when there's this, this concept of, Hey, erase me from the book. I mean, these things are in there, right? And we cannot ignore them. I think it's very difficult to lose your salvation if you were once saved. Yeah. But I don't think it's impossible. Was yeah, uh, Judas, and, and let me just finish saying this. Was Judas not with Jesus, lived with Jesus, accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord? Hey, but he also betrayed Jesus and he hung in, himself in guilt. I, that's that's going to be a, a stretch for me to say that all of a sudden... He was totally fine when he died and he died in Christ and he will be resurrected at the end to live eternity forever. Those are stretches, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. And I, and stretches, I, but what I find crazy is that the, how many people we know that accept Jesus last minute. That, 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 that's something that blows my mind. There, obviously there's the, there's the experience of Judas, but how many people have accepted literally have accepted God literally last minute? It's people that we don't expect they're going to be in heaven. That's what that's what blows my mind about God's love for us. That sure. He's you have if you're not saved, you literally have no excuse. When he, when we're up in that judgment, He's showing us, look, I tried to do this for you. Mm-hmm. Look, I was here this time. Like I was trying to get to you this time. He like we're not going to have an excuse to be like, okay, no, God, I I never had a chance to meet you. I never had a chance to know about you. Look at look at Judas for example. Like you were saying, it's a stretch. But what if in that last moment, he he was like, "Look, God, I understand what I did." Like he, he obviously he hung himself. But what if he had, he was at the that point of no return to like cut the rope, you know? But what if in that last second before he passed away, he asked for forgiveness? That it's a stretch, but that's how crazy merciful and how 
how much God loves us that even up until that last second, he's willing to forgive right. our sins. And right. that's something that, that just, it blows my mind that we sometimes forget and we try to cover it up with our works. We try to cover it up with, with Catholics, for example, all these penitences. Like we think right. that what we can do is going to cover up for the mistakes that we made. When Jesus clearly tells us all over the, all over the Bible, that the only good one is him, that the only one that can forgive sin is him, that the only one can, that could give us salvation is him. And we, yet we still try to do so many things. We try to put so many rules to him, just telling us, have faith in me, believe in Jesus, believe in what I have done for you. That's it's, it, it's so much easier to gain salvation as to compare to lose it. You have to really try to lose your salvation to lose it. But it's so easy to gain salvation. That's that's, gain a, that's, an, that's an interesting phrase, Jason. You have you, you've, you've heard that one before. Yeah, you have to really try to lose your salvation to lose it. I think well, it's I, I, I've heard this of this statement before. They say, uh, "We were born saved; we lose ourselves," or something like that. Yeah, that that, that sounds yeah. nice. I don't know if that's it. Sounds good. nice, exactly. It sounds <laughs> nice. I don't know if that that we were born saved, but we lose ourselves. But uh, I think there was something that um, I wanted to touch on uh, what you were talking about, Mitch, about the you know, falling away that I thought was interesting about um, with whole, the whole Calvinism, you know, in uh, Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, you know, verse, yeah. uh, it actually says right here, for it is impossible for those who were enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves, the Son of God, and put it, put him to an open shame right someone can interpret this and they could say you know this is probably someone uh, in the, in the, with the blasphemy of the holy spirit but that's not what i'm trying to get into the thing that i want to to um not not uh get into the whole interpretation of this but um it says right here the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the holy spirit correct me if i'm wrong uh, mitch one of the big things about calvinism is the idea that once the holy spirit seals you there's no way that he can lose you Am I right? Am I wrong with that? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Right. So this to me right here, this is one of the clearest verses right here that says have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers and the ages to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. So this idea that we cannot be uh, and and this is what the I guess the the Calvinists would say or the once saved always say. They would say, well, if the person left, ultimately, that means because they were never really they, they elected part, yeah. or they were never really partakers. And I right. find that to be a straw man. It's just like an after the fact. Oh, well, if that person never. And I and I, I know we have a lot of those in, in Adventism, but I feel like this is one of their statements that they say that I can say, you know what? There's no real foundation with that. It's just a after the fact type of statement, you know, oh, well, they were never really part of the faith then. You know, you know what? I mean? you know what? Yeah, Andrew. But you know what? Look, let, I, to be to be fair to Calvinism, right? Uh, to be fair to uh, individuals who believe once saved, always saved. But specifically from a Calvinistic perspective, for those of you who may not know, right? We're talking about John Calvin, uh, one one of the leading thinkers in the Protestant Reformation, uh, post Luther. Um, is is the idea that all begins with God, right? Everything begins with God, including salvation and who is saved. There is nothing that comes out. Uh, there is a text in Scripture that says that 
we we were lost in darkness, right? We were enemies against God. We were dead is the word that scripture uses, which basically means that there was no way that we could ourselves make any possible decision to be saved. And so the idea is that God comes in and he says, look, uh, you can't do anything, but I can. So I choose you. I elect you to be saved, right? And this is where the concept of predestination and election comes in, if any of you have heard that, right? And, and we don't want to get too much into that, but, but that's where it comes from. And so we also believe that salvation comes from God. Like there's no difference there. We also believe, right, that there is nothing good in us and only God can produce good in us. Except that we also believe in choice. Mm-hmm. And we believe that God allows you to choose whether or not you want to follow him. And he presents everything possible so that you can be saved. Um, I think there's a huge difference with that, right? Because when you believe in free choice, the natural conclusion to this is to say, well, you may one day choose not to keep following God. No, more importantly, you may one day choose not to surrender up to God. Um, there's this quote that I, I wanted to mention, um, and I'm, I'm trying to see if I can, if I can find it here. Uh, but it basically says, if you think about a family, right, when you mess up in a family, um, does that mean all of a sudden that you're kicked out of the family? Because I think this is where uh, the big challenge is at, right? Sometimes we think, oh, I messed up. I'm no longer good with God. Does that happen? And, and I think this is where the, specifically this quote, right, where it talks about what happens when you're in a family. And it says, well, what does it mean? Here we go. Look, when you messed up in your family as a child, Were you kicked out? No, right? You were still part of the family. When we mess up in God's family, he does not kick us out. Christ's blood still covers us. We do not lose our salvation every time we sin. We lose our salvation only when we decide that we no longer want to be surrendered to God, when we no longer want him in our lives. You see, a mistake doesn't kick you out of the kingdom of heaven. But when you say, I prefer to keep doing that mistake than to allow God in my life, you're in trouble. And, and, I, and I think that, that scripture opens the door for those things. I don't see this as a, like, nope, you're saved, you're always saved, there's no way you can lose it. This all comes from God, but God gives us the choice. We've spoken about this before on Keep Calm. <laughs> if you haven't seen that conversation, you got to see the conversation on free will and, and choice that we've had. Conversations. So, actually, I think I think it's been it's been a number of them. So, ultimately, I think we're all in agreement, right? Like it is possible. It's hard, but it is possible to someday fall away, as Scripture says. Yeah. To someday reject God Himself, as the Israelites did, as the Jews did in Jesus' time. Don't know. So, yeah. so d- does that produce in you guys like any uh, uncertainty? Yeah, uh, you, I don't know if you want to go first, Jason, or I'll go. Go, Andrew. You look, you look like you have a <laughs> lot to say right there. Yeah, you know what? And, and <laughs> uh, you know, this is not to talk down about Calvinism. This is, you know, uh, right now what, what Mitch was saying is like, I was like, man, I kind of like, okay, I'm. It's not that I'm trying to like bash Calvinism. No, no, no. We hear you. We hear you. Yeah. Anyone like that? That's not at all what I'm trying trying to do. It just uh, it uh, these are some of I guess, you know, the logical statements that go through my mind. You know. When yeah. I think about these different things and, you know, one of the things that when we think about the once, uh, once saved, always saved the idea, you know, we're talking about assurance, you know, is there salvation, right? 
mm-hmm. is it leads to this uh, the idea which is called the preservation of the saints, right? A perseverance of the saints. Perseverance, sorry. perseverance. Yeah, got the wrong one. It says, um, and this is what this is what it says, right? It says a Christian teaching that asserts that once a person is truly born of God or regenerated by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, they will continue doing good works and believing in God until the end of their life. Right. And this is, this is the problem where, where we see, uh, uh, you know, with this, right. This is where I was talking about the indwelling of the Holy spirit, right. They believe that once you're sealed with the Holy spirit, right. You're elected. That's it. You can't fall away from grace. Right. It says right here, they will continue to do good works and believe in God until the end of their life. Right. And this is, goes back to the whole predestination. Right. And, I guess my 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 biggest problem with this once this idea this assurance right because this is what they call it right we you know they the, I I heard a, a a YouTuber who was saying you know unlike other Christians he said we you know can have a hundred percent a certainty that we will be saved right, right? this right. is the statement they make right you know they take it a step further right than just that they say that we can be a hundred percent sure that we can sure. that we're going to be saved. And to me, I, I see a problem with that because, you know, one of the things that I think about that comes to my mind is the nature of God, right? If we think about who God is, right, and, um, right, First uh, Corinthians uh, 13, 12, right, where God is talking, the, the love chapter that we all know, right? Sure. The biggest thing that we know about God is love. But he says something sure. crucial in uh, verses 12 to 13. It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide faith, hope, love, and these three remain, but the greatest of these is love, right? We, we, if we were to sum up the gospel message, faith, hope, and love, but love being the greatest of all these things, right? And I look at the character of God, and right here is, is, is using this verse to say that right now we only know partially, because we don't we we don't know everything about God about God right we only we're limited in our knowledge about God right like a, like a, those old mirrors that are faded away but soon we'll know about God and when i think about God from this perspective this shows me that we can't 100% know who God is everything about God there is a faith component even in just knowing who God is or what he reveals to us you get what i'm saying and so when they say that we can have a hundred percent certainty of salvation, it almost seems to me like it's starting to fall, fall out of line of the care of almost even the character of God himself. Right. There is a faith component. Right. Uh, uh, what is um, uh, the hold verse? On, hold, on, hold on. But, hold on. But, but let me hold on. But I, I'm, 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 I'm following you, but I want to ask you this. Yes. Yes. What, are you are you saying that you have a problem with others saying that they have a hundred percent certainty of their salvation, or everyone saying, or anyone saying? I have a problem with I'm 100% people saying. Sure of my yeah, I I am. I have the uh, an issue with people saying that they are a hundred percent sure that they are saved in the sense that certainty is their goal, certainty is their main priority. When we see God, like just like you were you were you were mentioning, right? God is love. That is his ultimate. He says that this is above faith and hope itself, right? And coming along with uh, with love is intertwined free will, right? The idea that we can make a choice, a decision to ultimately not follow God, right? And that to me, 
the idea, I guess the, the idea of the hundred percent certainty to me is the part where I have the issue because to me it creates uh, I don't know if, if narcissism is the right word or this idea of, you know, of self um, elevation, I guess in, and I, I feel like in a hundred percent certainty, it brings so much with it that, you know, when you ask us, can, am I saved? You know, or you ask Jason, yeah. I say, yeah, I have assurance, but am I a hundred percent sure that I'm going to heaven? I would say no. And that is where, where, where I stand, you know? Oh man. Oh man. Oh, and this, man. this is where oh, it gets okay. interesting, that's, that's right? Interesting, brother. <laughs> to me, free will and a hundred percent certainty, certainty do not mix. And I say this right from this, right? There's always a faith component. Hebrews okay, eleven okay. thirteen, right? This is uh, uh, 11 through 13 through 16. Look at what it says here. Sure, this is the faith sure. chapter. It says, these all died in faith, right? In trusting God, in relationship, right? In believing in him, all these things in love that we were putting. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar, uh, having seen them afar off, were assured of them. So they were, there was no certainty for them. There wasn't a hundred percent certainty of the promises that were happening, but they were assured of them. It says, embrace them and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek the homeland. And truly, if they, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have the opportunity to return. But it says, but now they desire a better, something better that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. So when I see the statement, the great giants, right, of faith and what faith is, right? I, I didn't even have, uh, what is it right here? Hebrews 11, one through two, which says, now faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. When I see that word faith, that to me tells, that does not mean that I can prove that I will be saved. I cannot prove God ex God's existence. There is evidences for there is assurance that we are going to no, be no, saved. No, no, okay. Yeah. This is what I want to get to. Okay. 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 Yeah, go, yeah, ahead, go, go, ahead, go ahead. No. So my my no, no, issue. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, my issue is just with the idea of being a hundred percent certain and putting so much emphasis on certainty that we can be a hundred percent if we ourselves you know, cannot prove that God himself exists. How is it that we can prove that we're going to be saved? Are we certain? Are we, do we have evidences? That's how, that's what I would put it at. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Look, I, he, this is, this is why I'm trying to jump on this right here. Okay. There is something that Jesus says that I think is very powerful. Right. And he says, do not worry about tomorrow because today has enough troubles as it is paraphrasing but you guys know the, the phrase right hey even god takes care of the lilies of the of the valley right and, and, the, and the, yeah. the sparrows and the birds and all that and if god takes care of all those things he's take care of you and then jesus says look tomorrow is too much worry about today so here goes a hypothetical scenario for you guys i get on an airplane and you know as normal when i get on an airplane i'm not afraid of flying but for whatever reason i always get a little bit nervous just a little bit nervous okay especially right at, at takeoff, just a little bit, right? It's cool though, once I'm in the air. But let's just say, as soon as that plane took off, I'm nervous and I prayed, Lord, hey, I know about airplane crashes. Forgive my sins. 
I give my life. I surrender to you, right? I love you, and I'm sorry for all that I've done. I close my eyes, and I fall asleep. I never wake up, and the plane crashes, and I die. When I prayed that prayer, I was 100% certain, 100% certain, Andrew, (laughs) that I was going to be saved, right? I can only live in the present. And this is why we talk about a daily thing that happens. Because the moment that I start projecting myself in the future, I have no way of telling what the future is. And I don't know if this is what you're trying to aim at, right? In the idea that if we have free will, we may very well choose that we're not going to, uh, uh, you know, follow God or, or, or surrender to Jesus a year from now. It's true. I don't know that. And yet what I do know is now. And, and if I, I were to be able to tell you right now, I feel right now, I am 100% certain that I'm going to heaven right now. I am sure of it. I have confessed my sins to the Lord. I proclaim that I love Jesus. I believe I am, I am in the body of Christ. I think I can be certain. And my faith isn't so much, isn't so much like an uncertainty. I may not be able to prove to you that God exists, but I know that God exists. And, and, right? and so, 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 yeah. so it becomes something very personal, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And it becomes something of the here and now, as opposed to a projection of what's going to happen in two years. But I, I would say right now at this moment, I'm, I'm 100% certain I'm going to heaven. And then the next question would be just because you're uh, 100% certain doesn't mean you are going to be saved. Well, yeah, yeah right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, but 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 in a sense, I I I feel as if you're saying the exact same thing I'm saying, right? Sure. I I I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know what's happening right now, because look, you ha- you guys have to tell me what do you understand when Jesus says, "It is finished." Yeah. You you, I believe that when Jesus says it is finished, it is finished. Check this out. Check this quote out. I'll bring up Ellen White, Andrew, since you didn't. (laughs) I'm not bringing her up. (laughs) Here we go. Desire of Ages, 490. Okay. Uh, There's this moment where Jesus is in temptation and he's looking forward. He's looking in the past, right? He's looking at what he is going to do on the cross. And it says, Jesus hears the cry. It is finished. This is the thing he's going to proclaim. Announcing that the redemption of the lost race was forever made certain that heaven was made eternally secure against the accusations, the deceptions, the pretensions that saying would instigate. I believe that we can claim those words in our lives and say, Hey, it is finished. Jesus has saved me and my salvation is certain forever. I don't know. Which, what do you guys think? Push back. If you want to push back. But, but, you but, know what? But what do you guys think? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in with that like it is certain but the, oh, and this man. is the problem here we go here we this go is all the right problem that i have with people that that claim once saved always saved i'll take them to john 15 okay i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that bears fruit he prunes i'm gonna cut it off right there a, lot, a vast majority, from what I've understood, I could be wrong, I hope I'm wrong, but a vast majority of the people that claim once saved, always saved, and live by that, don't necessarily want to change. They just believe Jesus came on the cross, died for them, but there's no fruit coming out of them. There's nothing 
there's there's nothing that comes out of that belief. There's no relationship with Jesus. And that's why I lead him to this verse. It says in verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Okay, he takes it away. If there's no fruit that he takes away. But when you really accept Jesus and we have that relationship, it takes me to the next part of the verse. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, when it comes to pruning, when you prune a tree, what is it that you do? You take out the bad parts. Sure. You take out the dead leaves. You take out anything that's bad. You take off the rotten fruit. That's the problem with people that t- just believe one saved or we saved. They don't want to get pruned. Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on, hold on. There's, no, there's no experience. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I hope man. I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But this no. is what I have the understanding of. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. no I, I think you're fine. I, I, what I was going to say is that I can't, I, I don't want to group every single person that believes one. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. To, that's, to, 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 uh, um, fall into or, or fall into the category that you're saying. But I believe there are, there are people, I agree with you, that do believe once saved, always saved, and they say fruits do not matter. I would also argue, though, that there are Seventh-day Adventists who, because they put an emphasis that fruits matter, say, I can never be sh- fully sure that I am saved. Mm-hmm. So we're in this weird tension, right? Yeah. The temptation of saying once saved, always saved is that you're going to say, well, then what does it really matter what I do? I mean, I mean, a, a young person who says, look, hey, I'm, I'm saved. Jesus saved me and I'm saved forever. So why would you put any emphasis whatsoever in growing spiritually? I agree with you. I think there's a temptation there. And the idea would be, well, then it really doesn't matter. On the other hand, though, there's the Seventh-day Adventist. And, I, and, I'm, and I'll, I'll pick at the Seventh-day Adventist because I grew up in this mentality, which is, well, did Jesus save you? Yes, but to use... Uh, uh, Jason's phrase for today. Okay. Yes. But you know, you got to do something to show that you've been saved. And I disagree with that. I uh, know. Okay. That how you said it right there. I do disagree. You don't, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that you were saying that <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying to use your phrase, but you, you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I, this idea that we are saved with works. No, 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 we're not. No, that, that's exactly why I'm saying the whole pruning part. Because when they, when people focus, they focus on the rest of the verse. Like, I am the vine, my vines should bear fruit, all of that. But they forget the pruning part. It's not going to happen like this. Like, pruning takes a, t- takes a while. If you prune a tree, you're not going to do it in, like, five minutes. It takes a while because you have to look. Okay. You have to go through it. It's the same thing with your spiritual with your spiritual life. You have to go through your person and be like, okay, look, does is this that I'm doing in my life? Does this agree, agree with what God has taught me? Is this does this agree with the Bible? So, yes, it's not based on the works that you do. It's based on the works that happen because you have that relationship with Christ. Okay. okay. Something that ends up coming out of you naturally. If you keep on reading in the verse, it says, um, let me see. Oh, man. Verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branches cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me saying that there has to be a relationship there. The only way that you like, there has to be the relationship with Jesus. If there's not that relationship, nothing's going to happen because there's that relationship. There's those fruits. The fruits happen automatically Fine. As part of the relationship, if the relationship Fine. isn't yeah. there, if the vine is not connected to the tree, those fruits are never going to happen. Those actions, those works are never going to happen. 
I think that's fair. I, the worst yeah. because of the relationship. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. By the way, mm-hmm. we're not, there's no nuclear war going on, <laughs> Ivan. No. <laughs> and you, know, you know what? Look, one of these days we're going to record like our, like our, our planning conversations. Because Those are nuclear wars. Like <laughs> Those are nuclear wars, right? <laughs> Those get very interesting. Uh, uh, Andrew, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wanted to say something. And this is a, what, what is the, the word, the, 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 I guess the, the word for, for this when two, there's two opposing statements. But they make sense. A paradox, a paradox right? Yeah. Maybe paradox. maybe this is paradoxical. Opposing statements. That yeah, are- exactly. Maybe this is paradoxical. What I'm saying, is it possible that I can have complete assurance, even in not having a hundred percent assurance? I don't even know what that means, bro. Exactly. What does that mean? Come on, well, man. This, this is what I mean. When I say <laughs> there I, is, I just making his own paradox. No, no. The, when I say that there is, that there is a faith component there's always that part of me that says i don't know i have to trust you know so to me the idea of a hundred percent knowing takes away from what who god is there's always that we will never know everything as what i'm trying to get at okay and, but Andrew, and, and, Andrew, and, and yes. hold on hold on hold on but but is is god not the faithful and true sure sure the the the, the one who began the work in you will be faithful to complete the work sure. in you. So does that not give you assurance, brother? Like, no, I, no, is, I, not- I can have, com- I, ha- I have assurance in the fact that I don't have a hundred percent assurance. I can Wait, know. What? Yes. I know, you know, I know cause I'm not putting my assurance in myself. I'm putting my assurance enough, in yeah. Jesus. You know okay. what I'm saying? If I put okay. it on myself that I can hundred percent know that, oh, because I'm part of the elect and this, no, I'm putting in my assurance in, in Jesus. I'm putting my trust. In Jesus, that's where my assurance is, and I want to read to you guys this verse that I would uh, I would even say that Paul had the same mentality in Philippians three eight through uh, fourteen. He says, "Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him." Key word: found in Him, sure. not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God by faith that I may know him against know him found in him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. If by any means that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. And he says, not that I have already attained it or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, but I do one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those which are ahead. I have pressed forward to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I believe from what Paul is saying here is, is the same thing, that he has assurance. Does he say that he has that he has okay. salvation, okay, that okay, he okay. has apprehended it. No, okay. but he Andrew. says that he presses on and he puts his trust in Jesus. Right. That's what All I'm right. get, trying to get at. All right, Andrew, I, I exchanged that verse and an excellent verse with another <laughs> one. Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven, which is Paul speaking as well. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Does that not sound like assurance to you? But now put that in the context of what he's saying. 
He's he's completely assured that he's going to get a crown, but only knowing that he hasn't obtained everything and not knowing that for 100 percent certainty. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I think that we can have complete assurance, even in the fact that we're not 100 percent certain because we're putting our certainty or all our eggs in Jesus basket, which we put our trust in him. That's what faith is. Right. We see the evidences for all these things and we put our trust in him, not in ourselves. Right. And no, that's no, why right, I can, right. you know. Right, right. But I would but I would say I would say I would say I, what you just said right now m- makes sense. But only if I'm talking about assurance in myself that I am going to be saved. If you are saying that, OK, that I cannot have assurance in my own good works that I will be saved. I agree with you. But I believe that you can have the assurance in God that you will be sure. saved. And that, yeah. That, and I and I have that. I have that assurance. I just okay. don't think that you you can know for certain whether you're going to be saved or not. If you are right with God, I believe you can. There you go. And and, and, and the issue well, is, I have the assurance I'm saved because Jesus did die on the cross. Sure. Now I have faith that God will find me without blemish if I believe in Jesus and I follow Him. That's how I know I will be saved. That's how I get, that shows I, that I I get what you guys are saying. Saved. But if I don't follow Jesus, even though there's that assurance that I am saved because he died on the cross for me. But if I don't follow Jesus, if I don't abide in him, if the spirit, like like in Galatians 5, it says we have to live in the spirit. The only way you can live in the spirit is if you abide in Jesus. And to abide in Jesus is to follow him, to follow what he to be a disciple of him. If I don't do those things, even though I have the assurance of him dying on the cross for me, it's not going to happen. I will. I'm saying. Like, 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 I get, it. I get where you're coming from, Andrew. But I also, I, I, also, I, I think I, I have, I have complete that's paradox, and that's the thing. I have complete assurance. Is that 100 assurance that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and that I am saved? But the other part is, okay, he did that. That's first. That's a given. But the thing is, now I have to follow Jesus. If I don't sure. follow Jesus, or if I don't follow Jesus, like the Bible tells me, I should. That's where. It, I don't know. That's my that's my part in my salvation. Sure. I have to try to get to know him. I have to put work into it. That's I think that's the that's the that's the paradox right here. We have the assurance, but am I going to have faith in that assurance? Am I going to have faith that God is going to take away my sins? That that if I ask for forgiveness, He'll take them away. That, hey, that, Martin, that's, that's, that's how I'm understanding this. Martin says Andrew doesn't make I, sense. That in itself is a paradox. Hey, when do I make, when do I ever make sense though? I think I think you make sense a lot. By the way, uh, you know, just just to kind of just to kind of make sure everybody is is understanding here. Um, uh, you know, I've I've known I know Jason for a few years, and I know obviously Andrew for for some time as well. Uh, and in case people don't know, although I think most people should know at this point, but my wife, her sister, is married to Andrew. So, you know, we're, we're, we'd be brother-in-laws essentially, right? I think uh, in, in Hispanic culture, I don't know what we would be called, but we'd essentially be brother-in-laws, right? We're, we're all family. You want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is that sometimes we get into some very interesting conversations, but, it, but it's, all, it's, all, it's, all in, it's all in good fun. And honestly, we're, we're, we're as honest as we can be in these conversations. And, and we bring this in. And obviously, Jason sometimes goes in there in our conversations as well. And we just start just going out at each other. So do not worry. There's no no boomer nuclear war. No, no, no nuclear war. No, 
<laughs> no, there's just we're just trying to figure out paradoxes. No, look, okay, yeah. look, look, look. Here, here's I I I believe that works do have a function in this conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I I you guys agree with me and you would say we are saved by faith, not mm-hmm. by works, right? There's this text, Romans 4 5. That says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So I, th- I think that is set. The big question is, and I think this is kind of where we're, we're like uh, uh, just kind of jumping in and out. Loading. Loading. Yeah, it's, it's this idea of what happens once you have been declared safe, once you have been declared righteous, right? Once essentially you have accepted Jesus on the cross. You know, Jason is talking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, following Jesus afterwards, right? The life of a disciple afterwards. And Andrew, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, when you were talking about, hey, I can't be sure. It's it's really this idea of like, you know, look, if I if if later on I end up going in a different direction, that's not where Jesus is going. I I, I can't predict that. Exactly. I can only be sure of what God can do, right? Perhaps at this moment. I think we have a big challenge and I want to see what you guys think about this when it comes to the purpose of the things that we do in this conversation of salvation. Um, I think a lot of times our idea is that if we don't live life correctly or if we mess up, we're lost. So we're like in this in out idea of salvation. So Andrew, you know, you were living your life good this week and then all of a sudden, you know, you got upset, you know, and a word came out that you shouldn't have said, Oh, now you're lost. Right now you're lost. Uh, oh, you got to get right with God. Okay, now you're saved, right? And then later on, right, you uh, some some thought that shouldn't have gone through. Okay, now you're lost. I'm sorry, Lord. Now you're saved. I think that's really bad thinking, and it, and I think it's because in part we are putting an emphasis on the things that I do, I do as opposed to the things that God is doing, right? This concept of the fruits. This is what Jason is putting. I think it's a very important concept, Jason. Uh, Jesus says very clearly, Matthew 7, 20, therefore by their fruits, you shall know them. And that is, a, that is a, a principle of living life, right? Look at the fruits and that'll determine where you're at. I think works are like a barometer. They tell you exactly where you are with God. But when you find out that you're not right with God, you don't focus on the fruit. Mm-hmm. You focus on the relationship with God. Mm-hmm. This is the big, this is, I, and I'll, I'll speak openly and I'll, I'll just say this real quick and let me see what you guys think. I think this is a huge problem in Adventism. Andrew, Jason, honestly, right? Martin, who's out there in the chat, is part of our team here. It's a huge problem in Adventism where our idea is, uh-oh, how do I make sure that I am saved? I got I to gotta focus on me to be better, to be better, to be better, instead of focusing on God for him to transform me into being better. Does that make sense? I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I, I, cause I would, I would, I would put it this way. Works are not, uh, sorry. Works become a fruit of salvation. Works are not the source of salvation. Neither before nor after you have accepted Jesus, your works are not the source of your salvation. They are only the fruits of that salvation. What do you guys think? I a hundred percent agree with what you were saying. You know, uh, if we are, are I, uh, we have our eyes are not focused on Jesus as the source of our, um, how'd you say it, of our fruits. Then all of a sudden we, we, we start to focus on, oh, well, did I, oh, I read my Sabbath school this week. I'll, I'll be good. 
you know i went to I, I went to church this week you know i didn't i didn't make it, you know i didn't make it wednesday but i made it this day i'm good oh man you know what i totally forgot this week to read my lesson you know man i'm i'm done for you know what i mean i'm i'm not safe and it's it's this idea that we're looking at the things that we're doing as opposed to just focusing on spending time with jesus and allowing him to manifest those things in our lives i think the it's a shift of focus right that uh i think takes our eyes off of him and i think that concept in itself is deeper rooted in just i guess a mis misunderstanding right of what how, how it is that we can be saved right when we you know like what we're going through right now going through how is it that we can be saved when we have a lack of understanding of you know the fact that it's about knowing him it's about loving him mm-hmm. it's about being found in him it's about christ in us it's this uh, all, all these different uh i guess uh analogies when we read this right it's a uh, uh, idea of knowing him this is eternal life that you may know him the one true god right what does it mean to know god right and uh, i think uh, jason uh, kind of touched on it a little bit you know but it's like uh, going back to the idea of faith right it's like when we're in a relationship right mm-hmm. if someone has a, a bad rap for being late all the time you, you're not going to put your trust in him you know or her when it when something comes you know uh but if you you know this person you've known this person for i don't know how many years and you're like man this person he's known for being on time like i'm you know what i mean and then something happens you know you're going to count on him you put your faith you don't know 100% that that he's going to he's going to come through but you put your your faith in him and i think we use that same analogy to 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 jesus you know i mean we're we're putting our we can only put our faith in something that we've built a relationship with that we built a bridge with. And that's what it is all about. You know, when we're talking about our salvation, just take our, our, our minds off of what are we doing and just focus yeah. on how can I spend time with Jesus today and how right. can I make that look practical? Right, right, right. I think the idea is I messed up. Oh man, let me try harder. No, no, no. It should be, I messed up. Let me get closer to Jesus. Exactly. If you're going to try something harder, you want to try getting closer to Jesus as much as you can, which is why, which is why, look, let's, let's, let's put it out there, which is why we make so much emphasis on reading scripture on praying, right? Because these are the things, these are the practices that actually get you closer to, to, to Christ. It isn't just like going in there and just saying, all right, let me get closer to Christ. Where is Jesus at the moment, man? You're going to have to find them through scripture and through prayer. Um, you want to be sure that you are saved. You want to feel an assurance of your salvation well, look at your works and see where you're at. If your works show that you're not living your life according to Jesus, that means your relationship is lacking with Jesus. And so the idea is fix the relationship and 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 then the works will come. Too many Adventists, though, I'm going to tell you right now, way too many Adventists are focused on, well, you know what? How do I know I'm, I'm going to be sure I'm going to say, well, I got to change the way I eat. Mm. Well, I got to change the way I dress. Well, I got to remove all the music. Now, here's the problem. To any of you conservative Adventists that are my friends that are watching right now and hear me say that and all of a sudden say, oh, look, Pastor Mitch is saying that none of that matters. That is not what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, someone will take that, that and say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people will grab them and say, oh, look, then all of a sudden it doesn't matter. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that those things in and of themselves, yeah, they don't do anything at all for my salvation. The relationship is what changes those things. Those things do not change that's salvation, if, if that makes sense. I think something that you hit very on point is the I part. You said, 
I need to change my way of eating. I need, the problem is the I, when you're focused on the I, that's where we mess up, where we mess everything up. But when we're focused on like, I, Jesus needs to change my way of eating. Jesus needs to change the way of my way of dress. Jesus needs to change it for me. That's, that's what as Adventists, we sometimes don't focus on the work that Jesus has to do in me. It's not the work that I have to do to be accepted by Jesus. And even like what blows my mind is that we've been told this for a long time, but it's just so traditional of us to be trying to do those things because we're trying to do the good works instead right. of allowing to God in our lives to naturally produce those works. And something that mentioned Andrew mentioned earlier, the relationship part, you guys are both married. So out of love, even though you don't want to do it, but out of love and because you know your wife likes it, you wash the dishes. Am I correct? I, you know what? I love washing dishes, man. I, you know, I think it's the greatest thing. I'm just hey, kidding. Yeah, it's hey, true. You, it's you, true. You've passed on, bro, from uh, justification to sanctification just with that statement or that yeah, statement know, right know, there. He loves I'm, it now. I'm, I'm closer to the glorification of relationships. Hey, when, when you spend hey, when you spend time doing the just dishes that it becomes second nature. It's just okay. the fruits, right? That's exactly where I'm going. That's exactly where yeah, I'm look, going. Look at Jason. Look at Jason. There like you go. You, when you love someone, you do that. It just ends up coming out naturally because you know, like that person likes that. So it's the same thing with Jesus. And it says it back to John, John 15, verse nine, as the father loved me, I also loved you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So it's, it just, it's something mutual. If you love Jesus, you're going to want to do that stuff for him. That's where the, that's where the works part comes in, that it's something natural that happens because you love Jesus. You follow the commandments. You don't follow the commandments to love Jesus. It's the other way around. You love them. So it naturally comes to you secondhanded. And it keeps on saying, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So the only reason we're doing that as well is because Jesus did it first. Yeah. Jesus yeah. loved us first. That's why we have to love him. Right. That's why we love him because he loved us first. You know, it's, it's the same thing in a relationship. Like you love that person because that person loves you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And Jason, I would say that what's interesting about scripture is that the love that God has for you actually produces mm -hmm. love in you. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but scripture says that his love compels us, mm -hmm. right? Pushes us to do these things. So, so the, for sure, there's a, there's, there's this incredibly put, right? The way you just said it. Uh, the relationship is so important because you end up doing these things because there is mutual love. Uh, by the way, Jason, uh, I hope Priscilla is watching and is taking note, okay? Uh, because when it's time to wash the dishes, once you're married, brother, <laughs> I really, really hope, you know, that she doesn't have to pull, hey, January 29th on Keep Calm. Hey, um, hey uh, let me quote uh, Jason 536. Says. Jason 536, that's right. Jason 536 said, you know, you wash the dishes because you love your wife. There you go. Okay. Uh, no, but look, I, I, and I think, I think that's so important. I, I do think, uh, and, and let's finish with this, right? This idea, what, what does a saved or unsaved life look like? And I think that that's, that's it, right? We could say, oh, a saved life looks like health reform and eating this and eating that. And I think those are fruits of certain things. But truly, a saved life is the one that loves Jesus. Because 
I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys before. Um, uh, in fact, I have, I have this, uh, I have this quote. I got, I got to pull it up here real quick. This is St. Augustine. And I love oh, this. Quote. Oh, I think, oh. I, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, by the way, no one really knows if it's truly that St. Augustine that said this, but I, I may have said this quote before in, in a few weeks back, but he says, love God and do whatever you please. Okay. He says, that's the only way of living life. Love God and do whatever you please. And then he adds for the soul trained to love, uh, sorry, for the soul trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. Mm. Right. If I love God first, Oh man, everything else comes in. And I think that's truly what a saved life looks like. It is a life that loves Jesus. And that in turn is going to produce so many different things in us. What what do you guys say? Because this, this is our final point here, right? What does no, a saved or unsaved life look like? No, yeah. First John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And if we go to Corinthians, I, this... I love Corinthians 13 because of that, because he's changed the word love for Jesus because Jesus is love. So it, to me, that, that just took a completely different context when I switched the word love to Jesus. Because if you don't have Jesus, you don't have love. So you can't show love. You can't produce love if you don't have Jesus mm. because Jesus is love. So it just... It, yeah, I think, yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus himself said it. Hey, it stumped you like it stumped me. <laughs> God is love. No, if you, yeah, if you love me, John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. But it, but, it, but it begins with loving Jesus. That's that's the whole point. Um, it's not about changing what I do. It's about loving God, and that changes what I do. The order is so important. If you, if you, do things to be saved. You are a legalist who believes that you can save yourself. Mm -hmm. Person who believes in righteousness by faith is the one that says, God has loved me. I love him back. I surrender everything to you. And God says, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to produce fruits in you. But it begins with love. Andrew, what, what, do, what do you have to say to this? You'll, you'll have um, a final word here. Yeah, when we uh, talk about, you know, what is it? someone who is saved look practically. I think if we're looking at other people besides ourselves, I think it's impossible to really tell, you know, mm -hmm. I think we can, I, you know, for, I guess, for lack of a better terms, you know, we can, you know, produce, I guess, a, what salvation looks like on the outside, right? If we're, if we're thinking from that, you know, works, mm -hmm. you know, we see someone that looks, oh, we see so-and-so brother, he, he goes here, he has Bible studies here, or he does this. He looks like like he's he's someone that's saved. Right. We say that in, in our in our mind. And it, it might it, it very well could be or can. You know, there's only so much that you can produce on externally from just, you know, that that one could see. But like we're saying, if we go back to, you know, uh, loving God and the relationship, you know, it's only something we ourselves could know, you know, or see personally, because we're talking about, you know, how do you uh, how does the salvation look? practically you know and and we're talking about relationship and if we understand this concept right because the first concept was this idea that we're putting our assurance in, in an empty basket right in our works right as opposed to jesus but then all of a sudden if we move to you know understanding this concept of knowing god and loving him and being in relationship with him that's what it what it starts to look like when someone is saved 
you know, what happens to that person, you know, when someone actually understands that concept, but all of a sudden they're uh, on the down, right? Or, or they don't feel that yeah. same connection there. It's because they haven't been spending that same time with God, right? Yeah. And I wanted to actually, I wanted to mention a quote from Ellen White from no. Steps to Christ. 43, uh, three, I said, I wasn't going to, but this one reminds, it says, sure. and this is so powerful. Cause I think this, this is what leads to this relationship with God, right? It says yeah. the warfare against self is the greatest battle that was yeah. ever fought. The yielding of self surrendering all to the will of God requires a struggle, but the soul must submit to God before it can be renewed in holiness. Hmm. Why is it that, Spending time with God is so hard. I want all everyone to think about that. Why is that the hardest thing? Because Satan knows that the more time that you spend with Jesus, the closer and closer that you become with Jesus, the more that salvation looks closer to you, right? Because we say to ourselves, if we are in communion with God, we can have all the assurance that we in, in the world, right? And the hardest battle here, she says, that has ever been fought is the yielding of self, surrendering all, you know, against self. Why is it then that we think to ourselves, why is it so hard to just open up the Bible and spend time with God? It's not for you no know, reason that it's so hard for us to spend time with God, because that's the source of our salvation. Right. Right. If we would just recognize that spending time with Jesus and those fruits just come naturally, that that is the hardest battle that we have to fight ever it says she says that was ever fought not even it's not even saying you know satan for versus gods you know the angels versus the demons it's saying the hardest you know it says the the warfare against self is the greatest battle that was ever fought that's a powerful statement because how hard it is, is it for us just everybody think on their own for us to spend time with god and it's so true i i, I think it's i think it's very difficult in fact you inspired me and i want to finish with a quote here all right and again, we thank everyone that has joined us today. Uh, we hope that you share this conversation with others because I think it's a, it's a really important one. Um, but this is uh, also Ellen White. And she says, as the sinner sees Jesus as he is, an all-compassionate Savior, hope and assurance take possession of his soul. The helpless soul is cast without any reservation upon Jesus. None can bear away from the vision of Christ Jesus crucified, a lingering doubt. Unbelief is gone. Mm. Look, we can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. None of us can, okay? But we can tell you, though, that if you love Jesus, if you fight that battle of self, right, which means surrendering to God, if you truly abide in Jesus, as Jason pointed out many times, unbelief is gone. There is assurance. Now, we may talk about what happens tomorrow, and we may debate that, but there is no doubt whatsoever that the person who is right with God, loves God, believes in Jesus, will be saved. There's no doubt at all. And honestly, we hope that all of you will hear this, these words, right? Everything that we've said, and at the end say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it all up. And, and allow Jesus to take control of your future and eternal destiny. Um, Jason, you mind leading us in a final word of prayer? Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and pray, guys. 
Father God, I want to thank you so much, Lord, for another day of life. Thank you so much for your mercy. And thank you so much, more importantly, Lord, for your love. Through that love that you had for us, so much that you sent your son to die for us on the cross to forgive our sins, Lord, we thank you for that. If it wasn't for that, Lord, who knows what would have been in the human race. I pray, Lord, that you help us understand that we need to abide in your love, Lord. That we need to get closer to you. That we need to really create a relationship with you, Lord. Help us to create that so that we have assurance that you're with us. Assurance that you are, that you died on the cross to save us, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord, for every single one of these people that that uh, are watching our our conversation, Lord, and that will watch our conversation. I pray that they get the same sentiment as us, Lord, that we need to abide in you. Please uh, stay with us for, throughout the rest of this night and bless every single person that is viewing this and will view this, Lord. I ask for all these things in your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, look, hey, this is this was again, uh, was this our second conversation of the year, right? Second conversation of yeah, the year. Second one. Um, and we want to remind all of you our next conversation is in two weeks, February 12th. February 12th. Um, and you know, we're starting at 6 p.m. Uh, we may have to adjust the time pretty soon, but just keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll do a better job of making the announcements, Andrew. Obviously, we got we got it. We definitely got no, we, we definitely have to work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so some things popped up this week, and that was a little bit interesting, but but in two weeks, we continue. And I think we're gonna you're going to enjoy the conversation because now we're going to go biblical, right, as we have gone today. Now we're going to try to go practical to some things that are happening today. And I, I personally, I think it's going to be a blessing. We missed Martin today. Guys, we missed Martin. He wasn't here, right? But uh, we know he's going to be able to join us. I'm safe, conversation. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Hey, he I, 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 I didn't miss him, man. He said, Andrew doesn't make sense. I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that to him. <laughs> I'm going to hold no, that to him. No, but you see, but you see what, no, but what he said was Andrew doesn't make sense. The paradox is that you don't make sense. Okay. There is something <laughs> conflicting in those ideas. That's what he was trying to say. Okay. It's confusing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Martin. We missed yeah. you, man. No, no, we do. Absolutely. And we thank all of you that did watch us live. Make sure you share this video and look, you know what saying at some point is going to make you doubt, right? He's going to push you this idea that you cannot trust at all God that he will save you. But we believe that God can save you. We trust that God can save you. In fact, that is truth. But whenever that doubt comes in, five words for you. You know what it is. You know what we believe in here. Keep calm and Advent on. Keep looking towards the coming of Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus and make sure that you are sure of your salvation in him. God bless. Have a good night. And we'll be seeing you soon, uh, two weeks from now.